This is Rugger Matrix America. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. This is Alex Scott from RugbyMag.com, joined as always, or almost always, uh, by Pat Clifton and Bruce McLean, and we're going to be talking about the November tests coming up. Uh, we've seen a little bit of a preview of what perhaps the United States will expect and, and get some quick post-game reaction from that uh, right now, but they'll be looking at how the USA team will be performing or whether we think they'll perform at all. We'll be right back here on Rugger Matrix America. Rugby fans, don't forget that the USA Sevens International Rugby Tournament is not that far off. The USA Sevens will bring 16 of the best international teams to Las Vegas on January 24th to 26th. Yeah, it's two weeks earlier this time, and don't forget, there's also the Las Vegas Invitational. You're a rugby fan, and you're also a rugby player, and the LVI has competitive opportunities for Sevens, Fifteens, Young, Old, and in between. High level, or just here for the fun. It's all in Las Vegas. Everybody's here for the fun in Las Vegas. Go to USA7s.com for more. So, guys, everybody, we're here on Rugby Matrix America. This is Alex Goff. Don't forget to go to RugbyMag.com for your rugby news. Hey, you know what? We are redoing the website. We're going to make it uh, a, a lot easier to go on and a lot easier to operate. So we're excited about that. That's going to be coming pretty soon, uh, probably uh, before the new year. Let's hope that. Let's keep our fingers crossed before the new year. Uh, we, we are talking about... The USA November tests coming up. The Eagles will be playing three matches as usual. Uh, one of them, the, the odd thing is that they're going to be playing one of those games on U.S. soil. That's a really great thing. So November 9th, PPL Park in Chester, Pennsylvania, just outside of Philadelphia. Uh, I, I suppose I should be talking it up, except the fact that they've sold out. There are no more tickets. So go ahead and try and get in. But as I understand it, the place is sold out, uh, except perhaps maybe a couple of luxury spots or something like that, uh, uh, which could mean that we could see uh, the biggest crowd to see a, a rugby event um, in American history. We'll see. USA 7s holds that record right now. We'll see what the what the take is on that. And then uh, a week later, they play in Tbilisi against Georgia. Don't forget that they lost to Georgia in Tbilisi three years ago. Uh, in a game that they really should have won. But anyway, they lost that one. I think it was 1917, something like that, in the last second uh, try and conversion. And then uh, they go a week later, November 23rd, play in London at Lions Park, the home of Saracens, on the turf field against Russia. So with that put in front of us, Bruce, Pat, we know that uh, the New Zealand Maori, uh, who, who are playing the Eagles at PPL Park, uh, went in and played Canada just before this show uh, has uh, is being recorded. So, Bruce, I know you saw a little bit of it. Um, I know the Maori won. Uh, what did you think about it uh, over and above the fact that the Maori won the game, which was kind of to be expected? Yeah, the game was twenty six to fifteen, seven seventy minutes in. It was it was unbelievable, and the referee who Alex has. Uh, had issues with in the past. Yeah, Federico made, Anselmi. He has he has issues. He has issues with North Americans. I gotta tell you, I really well, do think that there were definitely two controversial calls that went against Canada and and led directly to New Zealand tries. So forty to fifteen, pretty good effort. And 
And New Zealand and, and Canada was not at full strength. I know that we're not going to have Samu Manoa. I don't think we have uh, I don't think we have Wiles or Scully, but I think Canada Correct. was in a very similar boat. There were quite a few players playing that were in that ARC game where the USA blew them out by 20 points. So I think this is a really exciting time. I, you know, the last time we played the Maori, it wasn't as strong a team, I don't think. And I think we lost 74 to nothing. And now seeing this result with Canada, who I don't think is particularly good, I think we have a really great time to possibly – I'm not saying that we're going to win, but if we were at 26 to 15, 70 minutes in, you'd have to say sold. You'd have to say, I'll take it. And I think that that's a pretty good goal for us. We, we have very experienced coaches. We have a, uh, a, an international experience forwards coach. We have, you know, an international experience backs coach and attack coach. And we have an international experience defense coach. And we have a, an international experience head coach. I, I, you know, I think that this is a, it's not that this isn't something they haven't seen before. Billy Miller coached Australia. A. He's not, he's not someone who hasn't seen this level of play. Um, so I yeah, think so, that um, just, just jumping in, uh, you know, the Maori. Yeah. The Ma- last time Maori played uh, USA, I think it was 2006. It was 74 to six. I think the U S did get a couple of uh, penalty goals the time before that they played. And I think, uh, you know, off the top of my head, it was something like 64 to 27, 64 to 32, something like that. The USA actually scored four tries in that game. And I think two of them came from everyone's favorite player, Paul Emmerich. Um, the, the, and, and yeah, that was, those were big scores, but, um, we've shown that we could score against this team, and and it's just um, it also depends on on you know how they pick this team, who's available. Certainly not; it's not the guys who are available in the All Blacks. It's the next level down, uh, and you have to have Maori heritage. But um, the Maori almost never lose. I mean, they're, they're twenty-seven and five. They're now twenty-eight and five. So uh, the the expectation is that. Um, they would win this game against the USA, but you're right. This wasn't this this wasn't an astounding Canadian team. Canadians really held held firm in the scrum a couple times, at least what I saw. I, I saw seven minutes of highlights of a- action. So I I saw about you know, I guess it's thirty eight minutes. Or so I saw about um, you know a fifth or sixth of the game. That's it's not a bad. So Canada was able to hold their own in the scrum. Our scrum didn't do poorly against Canada. We did all right against Canada. So I, that was an area that I was concerned with. I think that, you know, that that could be a great thing. I, I, I'm very excited. After seeing it, I was like, holy cow. The New Zealanders definitely have a potent team with Piri Wipu. They have Zach Guilford, Robinson, Tim Bateman. They have Corey Flynn. They have Hicka Elliott. They have some really talented guys. Uh, Daniel Braid's brother. So they have, they have a really talented team. But... That's a uh, hey hey Canada did well and I think we're better than Canada so should be great. Pat, what do you think? You look at the, especially looking at this uh, this lineup the USA has. Well, I mean, I I, I, I can't help but get stuck on uh, we're better than Canada um, because the results haven't proven it. But just looking at I mean the lineup is there's obviously some holes in it just like Bruce said Canada had. Um, I'm looking at one of the potential lineups that you put together, Alex, and, you know, the, the thought of, of Nick Wallace on the field, I know he had a strong ARC, but I'm still questioning whether 
he's really a frontline prop. Uh, you know, Peter Dahl is a guy who I thought should have been in, I've kind of beat the Peter Ball, dr- Peter Dahl drum quite a bit the last couple of years, saying he should have more of a look. He should have more of a look. Um, but I think he's he's kind of had that look, and we know what he is. And I, I don't think it's a guy that's going to win any ball against the Maori. Um, Tim Maupin throwing him into the fire here against a really really good fully professional team. Uh, I don't know that he's you know I would expect him to have a step back. You know the, the lineup is all right especially for Russia and for Georgia. But uh, I expect nothing more than a, 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 at least a three-try win by the the Maori All Blacks. And uh, I just I, – I, my thing with this – I'm having a tough time getting excited about this game. I think it's awesome that it's sold out. But it's a, it's a non-true test. We're playing another country's B team, essentially. And I just can't get excited about it. I, I don't – Well, a, a, a couple, of, couple of things. First of all, I think you're right, the, the – uh... It, where the USA is really vulnerable, in my opinion, is defense out wide. So if if the Maori and I think I think they're perfectly capable of uh, using quick hands to get that ball out wide, they they may be able to expose the USA. Uh, they did get a couple of fluky tries against Canada. Um, you know, you know what really bugs me, and I realize it's got nothing to do with the game, is that. We call them now the Maori All Blacks. That the the branding, like there's the Sevens All Blacks, right? They call them the All Black Sevens. There's the branding of the All Blacks. It was, I gotta say, two and a half years ago, whatever, three. Um, a, a good friend of mine who's a reporter came and sat next to me at the USA Sevens and said, "Hey, did you uh, did you write the previews of the on the program at the USA Sevens?" I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "Well, you called the Sevens team the All Blacks." I said. Yeah. He goes, well, they don't want to be called the All Blacks. The All Blacks is only the 15s team. They're kind of pissed off about it. And I'm like, sure, I say, yeah, whatever. I mean, you know, first of all, everybody calls them the All Blacks when they're the national team. Well, it turns out less than a year later, they start calling themselves that. And the other thing that bugs me, and I guess is not apropos of nothing, is that have you noticed that USA Rugby has started doing that? And the USA Rugby calls themselves, it's the men's Eagles 7s and the men's Eagles 15s and things like that. And and I think they're completely and utterly following New Zealand in that. You know, there's no secret there's a connection. Kevin Roberts, chairman of the board, is with uh, New Zealand Rugby. I think it's stupid. I don't know why we can't just say it's the United, it's the United States team. It's the USA. I always call it the USA. They're the Eagles. That's their nickname. But they're not the Eagles. That's not like an official moniker. They're the USA. It should be the USA against the New Zealand Maori. It's not the Eagles against the All Blacks. Well, there you have it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just anyway. Um, so, so, so we USA is is selecting down, but we think they're vulnerable, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think they're vulnerable. I mean, you're gonna tell me that Peter Dahl's gonna get out and slow ball down and seal ball. And I'm not. I don't mean to pick on him. Okay. So, but you, you don't. So, no. But it's two different things. Pat, you think that the USA is vulnerable, and Bruce, you're saying that the Maori are vulnerable. I'm really not saying that the Maori are vulnerable. I'm saying that the Maori had what I would say is an unexpected performance against Canada, or Canada had a really good performance against the Maori, which says to me that we have an opportunity to do better than I had expected initially. Given the level of players, the fact that they have two international caliber hookers, the fact that they have 
Tim Bateman in the midfield, the fact that they have Zach Guilford, who's an international caliber back three player, the fact that they have Robinson, who's an, a very, very good player who's won a Super 15 title. I think that that's something that is was worrying to me. And Piri Wipu, who was obviously an, an international halfback. So I, I was worried about that as far as the, the potency of, of the Maori. And it turned out that Canada played them tough. And all that says to me is that it gives the American self-belief as opposed to star, star, starry-eyed children playing their heroes. I think that they can go into the game with looking at it saying, hey, man, we're just going to go whack the hell out of these guys and do it whistle to whistle for 80 minutes and whatever happens, happens. As opposed to saying, I like that attitude. oh, my God. Piri Wipu, Zach Guilford, you know, all this. This guy's playing, that guy's playing. I can't believe it. Can he sign my shirt after the game as opposed to can I cut him in half during the game? And I think that they're going to go in with that attitude, the second attitude now seeing this Canada performance. I'd back that up simply because that's been the the attitude at the ARC that that Mike Tolkien and by extension Justin Fitzpatrick wanted to make the USA forwards tougher and act tougher and play tougher, and they did. That's 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 more than anything, more than the words. We actually saw the actions. So to see um, the players that are available for the USA team, especially making Phil Teal your number one hooker. I mean, he he's he's kind of leading from the front in that. Uh, seeing that Ty Tui Samoa could be in there along with some of our stars like Scott Lavala, Todd Clever. I I I like the fact that we have the potential to throttle them up front the potential and at least it won't be oh 80 to 3 it won't be it won't be just it won't be destructive to the game you know what i mean where i don't know that we have the potential to throttle anybody up front i would have to agree with pat on that the thing that would scare me about the maori is that they didn't perform to their capabilities so if they had beaten Canada 75 to 3, maybe they spend a week drinking in Philadelphia. The fact that it was 26 to 15 <laughs> may mean they're going to spend a week practicing in Philadelphia and 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 that is another thing that I'm not I'm just saying there's an opportunity there. It did we basically we took someone we it was kind of like the wizard of oz that Hey, we found out that the emperor has no clothes. We found out that they're human. We found out that they put their pants on one leg at a time. And I think that's big for us. But we still have to play. And, you know, and, and, and Pat was right in saying that I had a rich statement in, in making the – that I think the U.S. is better than Canada. I just do. On paper, potential. But as Bill Parcells said, boy, your potential is going to get me fired. And they need to play better. It'll be interesting. I'd be interested to hear what Pat's thoughts are. Yeah, because I cut him off three well, times. Well, we're 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 mixing we're mixing fairy tales here with the Emperor has no clothes as <laughs> Wizard of Oz. But uh, uh, at, at the I, same time, I, I knew we do I want a little that. bit of we do, I knew I was where we do want a little bit of a fairy tale, and we we do need a little bit of luck. Uh, but Maori got a little bit of luck, and uh, I, I guess that's the question for you, Pat. Is uh, not will the USA do better than Canada did against the Maori or potentially win. But um, is there, a, is, can that happen at all? Is there, is there the potential? 
Um, and is does there remain the potential, as I, I would think you'd have to say yes, the potential that there could be a massive blowout uh, for for the for the New Zealand Maori? The reality, anything can happen. These guys, you know, I can't, I can't I don't have a breakdown on how often you know this lock has played with that lock for the the Maori All Blacks, but they don't play together all the time. So it's not like you, when you're playing a national team that assembles several times a year, this is who you're playing against. Um, because these guys are they they don't have the same continuity with each other, so yeah, I mean I guess there's a potential for anything to happen. Uh, I don't think that the way that we want to play, which I'm guessing here, is going to be taken to them. We want to move the ball freely is going to be the kind of game that would lend us a chance to be in it towards the end. I think we're either going to uh, you know score some tries or they're going to score a lot of tries or we're both going to score a lot of tries. I don't think we're going to prevent them from scoring. Is what I'm saying. I think we're going to play a little wide open, a little, a little more open and free. Um, whereas maybe an Eddie O'Sullivan approach would give us a better chance of keeping it close, but that's not the point um, of this game. So, yeah, do we have a chance to win it? I, I, I guess I can't shut the door on it. I would say it's very minimal, and I would say that the, the much greater chance is that we get beat by 60 or 70 points. All right. Well, there you have it. We'll be right back uh, on Rugged Matrix America. We'll talk a little bit about the games coming up afterward. Hey, fans, go to RugbyImports.com for all your rugby outfitting needs. Whether you're kitting out your team with our American-made jerseys, stocking up on training supplies, or just getting a new pair of boots, Rugby Imports has all you need for on the field and off. Go to RugbyImports.com. We are back on Rugged Matrix America. Bruce McLean, would you be willing to go back a little bit on your statements leading into the ARC talking about you didn't feel like uh, that group of players could play defense. And I, I, I'm characterizing your comments. I'm, I'm generalizing your comments drastically here, but um, they played better defense than you expected. I thought they played pretty tough at the ARC and they played with a good attitude, but they didn't play anybody good. So I still reserve judgment. And <laughs> okay. I, hey, I I didn't think that Argentina was that good. I didn't think Canada was that good. And I didn't think Uruguay was that good. And we we performed well. We what we didn't do is turn mistakes into catastrophes, which had happened in the past. So a couple of passes where <clears throat> Sean Davies hit Toby and they would dropped you know last year those would have been tries seven pointers so we we turned around a lot of our mistake management kind of like you got to play rugby like golf you know if you hit the ball in the woods you get in trouble you get out of trouble if you play rugby where you start gambling about everything and you don't you get in trouble you get out of trouble if you don't play like that you start to give up a lot of tries against good teams so i think that the u.s did that and had mistake management was was pretty good and so they didn't give up cheapies. And then they they played better in attack, especially against Canada. And they played a better game. I'm still not sold on all of those guys as these unbelievable defenders because they weren't. But the um, I do really believe heavily in Phil Bailey. And I think that he is going to bring something to the USA defense and may not showcase itself instantly. But I think that over the course of time, you're going to see this guy is really clued in as to how to play. He is as good as I've ever heard. Will he um, 
Will we be seeing the Eagles know all the words to Boogie Wonderland? I think that Phil Bailey is. Uh, he would. He, he would be. Yes, he would be more of a. Uh, put your baseball cap in the in the back of your jeans and sing Springsteen. So that's. Uh, but you know that's. All right. So okay. Let, let's talk about let's talk about mistakes and letting mistakes hurt you. Uh, t- three years ago, 2010, in Tbilisi, the USA were leading. Uh, almost no time left on the clock. They had a scrum five on their own line. Uh, their scrum disintegrated. They somehow kind of half rescued the ball, then turned it over, and Georgia scored a try, kicked the conversion, and won the game. And uh, the endearing uh, image for me, by the way, that game was the first match Samu Manoa played for the USA. And it was also the last game he played for the USA for about uh, two and a half years. Interesting. Uh, The enduring image for me was Chris Wiles, who uh, went out to chase, uh, to, to run out to block that conversion at the end of the game. He was the only one who chased it. They kicked the conversion, and I, he jumped up to try to block it, missed, turned around, stood there with his hands on his hips, staring as the ball sailed through the post, completely incredulous that they had lost that game. The USA was a better team, but it was right at the beginning of their year-long failure to score tries despite having plenty of possession. It's a different team going at them again this, this time. They have played and beaten Georgia since then, but on U.S. soil. Playing in Tbilisi is extremely difficult. Uh, Georgia, uh, they they love that tight play. They love to scrummage. They love to kill the ball in, in the breakdown. They love to cause all kinds of problems. Um, and, and and yes, we're going to have Chris Wiles back. We're going to have Blaine Scully back. We're going to have Samu Manoa back for that game. Um, but is that enough to be able to wend our way through a really difficult, really physical, really nasty Georgia team? Um Referee, by the way, is Mike Fraser from New Zealand. I don't know if that helps or hinders. Thoughts? Yeah, this team, we should beat Georgia. We should be expected to beat Georgia. We should expect ourselves to beat Georgia. I think we've got some nasty forwards that are going to be involved in that game. Um, you know, obviously Ty Clever's a pretty nasty player. Cam Dolan is uh, maybe making a case to be baby Clever, and it can be a pretty nasty player when he wants to, and physical as well. Obviously, Scott Lavallo's really great. We know what he brings to the table. Um, you know, Tui Samoa and, and, and Manoa. I think that there's some, some physical, nasty guys at the breakdown. And that's, you know, we talk an awful lot. I think we end up, I guess, uh, Ty Tui Samoa will be in that game. But um, we, talk, we end up talking an awful lot about the scrums every time we talk about the Eagles. And I'm not saying that it's not important. But what I, the thing that is more worrisome to me than that is the go-forward ball. In, in linking go forward ball together, our continuity across the field. You know, we, we don't have a lot of line breaks um, and we don't have a lot of continual go forward ball through the forwards or the backs. So to me, that's more concerning than anything else. And I think that this team, these forwards that are selected and are there to play, you know, if John Cohen gets a chance, he's a tough guy for, for everybody to, to punch the ball forward. And that's what they need to do. I think it, this is a good opportunity against the team that you just described to prove that they're tough and they're going to have to be, and they're going to have to gain ground through the pack in order to beat them. But they should. What about the, what about the boot? Because, uh, you know, I'd be wary about kicking too much of the Maori because 
you know, they can spin that ball. But I just don't think of Georgia as a team that scores tries from 80, 85 meters out. So if, if the USA can can kick it to space, well, not even kick it to space, kick it, do the, the old-fashioned, kick it to the corner, defend that line out, put pressure on them defensively, is that the way to go, Bruce, you think? I don't think the USA should be getting into kicking battles with too many teams. Uh, I certainly, <laughs> I certainly wouldn't be, I wouldn't be if I kicked the ball against the Maori. I certainly wouldn't be keeping it on the park. I'd make sure it was in the stands. Um, make them beat you from set pieces in the Maori game, George. I really, I, I think that they do have kicking ability in there in, in throughout their nation. I just don't know exactly what the. Um, what the story is in terms of that. I I agree with Pat. They need to get go forward ball. The toughest thing in the Georgia thing, the toughest thing in the Georgia game is going to be they leave uh, Philadelphia on Sunday or Monday. I guess it's probably Sunday. Then they fly. It's going to be an entire day of flying um, into Georgia. Then So they're not going to have practice on the Sunday. They're not going to really get to practice much on the Monday. They're going to have a little bit of jet lag. So it's going to have to be they're going to have to be organized, and they're going to have to be cohesive, and they're going to change their team, and they're going to have to take a look at what they're doing, and they have to bring some new guys in to up, you know, get them understanding the systems, and that's going to be the most difficult part is going to be the logistical part of it. I don't necessarily know about that. You know, I don't know about the tactical part of it. I, I think that All right. that's the logistical part and the tactical part will be good. You know, I, I've been spending some time looking at, you know, what – they, who they might pick, and there's some obvious uh, choices. Obviously, Samu Manoa comes in. You got to start him. You got to figure out a place to put him. Whether you put him in the back row or the second row, they seem to be short in the second row, so put him there probably. Uh, you know whether they use Wilds as as a center, which is what he's been playing pretty much all year at Saracens, um, or they put him at fullback. Whether they use Adam Siddle at fullback. I mean, there's a lot of little decisions about that which I think will be interesting to see how Mike Tolkien handles it. Um, I do have a question, though. I, I see what you guys think, because I can't... Falau Niua is in there. Toby Lestrange is your, is your frontline fly half. But Falau Niua is in there, and and is there a time to give him a start? Yes. Does, should he start? Because I, I kind of like the idea of starting him against Georgia and maybe sitting him down entirely against Russia so he's fresh to play in Dubai in the sevens. But I kind of like the idea of let's let's see what he can do uh, with with a full, you know, at least 60 minutes to run that offense. I, I, I like the idea of doing it for a couple different reasons. One is I really dislike the idea of saying, all right, Toby, you're our fly half. You have been for X amount of times. Toby's our fly half. I like the idea of competition, an honest competition, and giving the guy a shot. Not to mention, I mean, in the small windows we've seen, Flau Niu is a pretty dynamic player, and as Matt Hawkins would attest to, he's pretty much their best playmaker on the sevens team now, too. He's a dynamic 10 with ball in hand or kicking. I think that he's a fantastic player, and he brings you a different dimension. And I don't think that our back line, if you go through each and every player in our back line, Right, we used to have Zian Gwenya who could, you know, sting you from a long ways out. He's no longer on the team now. You got Luke Hume. Are you going to tell me Tim Moppin's going to make a lot of plays on his own and break a lot of tackles? I don't think he is. Is is Seamus Kelly going to be a guy that people have to worry about bracketing or, uh, you know, we can't stop him. We got to contain him, guy. No, Andrew Suniula. No, I don't think he is either. So we don't really have any home run hitters outside of Luke Hume. 
Fladu is a home run hitter. He's a guy that if he starts running the ball and taking some gaps, he makes defenses change the way they defend you. And I think okay, I don't all think right. Toby does. Just, just, just a quick comment. I, and I realize this is not international level, but every single level I've seen Tim Oppen play, that's what he does is he breaks tackles. Right. That's not international So, level. So I mean, we, we don't know if he can do it now, but um, w- w- why, why not? Blaine Scully? I think here's here's a guy who's probably um, positioned well to, to do well. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I don't mean that – Blaine Scully is a fine player. Uh, Tim Oppen's a good player. He's a great collegiate player. Does that translate to the international level? I don't know. I mean a home run hit. So far it has. A guy that can make – well, so far it has. But as Bruce said, who do they play? He hasn't played – Yeah, no, I, I realize. But, but the only test we have is what's in front of him. And I'm just saying that every single thing we've seen – in front of us, and I realize that the, the next test is harder, and the one after that is harder than that. But what we've seen him do, he still continues to do that. Okay. So that's that's all I'm saying is that that's why you had there's there's a reasonable expectation that he might do it again. Well, we'll differ on that opinion. A reasonable expectation. Yeah, I think you're looking at things through rose-colored glasses, there, Alex. Um, <laughs> I not not to say that. I think that there's got to be a way that the Eagles find a way to lose use file. He's fantastic. He, there's got there's some, he could play anywhere. He plays 12. He plays 15. He plays 13. He plays 10. Toby plays 10. He plays 12. He plays 15. He plays 13. They're going to have to find a way to get these guys on the field playing rugby together. I'm not saying how to do it. I don't know. I'm not at practice. But there's a way to do it. And you know, they have a lot you know, of guys that can play a bit of rugby. It's If you have a team like that, you can have interchange and possibly weaponry. They don't have – Pat's right. They don't have a lot of weaponry, like home run hitters. And that's the difference between the Maori. That's the difference between really good teams – and second and third tier teams is those really good teams just have a guy who makes something out of nothing. And we don't necessarily have a lot of guys who do that. They, they, they do, but they all, they also, you've got to mix that in obviously with, with great team play and guys who say, Oh, I know this guy's going to make something out of nothing. I better be there with him. I mean, I, I think Falai, you're right. One of the things people might make a mistake on with Falaniua is see him as a fly half and think of him as vulnerable physically. They see him as having spent pretty much the last year, year and a half limping around with his legs taped up and think he's not fast. He's actually healthy now. He's actually very big and he's physically strong. It's something that's really not not seen, um, but he is a powerful guy. He could play 12 or 13 without much difficulty. And when we saw him go down the field... This past spring, he beat tacklers, didn't he? He made people miss. Well, he's no Tim Maupin, but he's pretty good. He, he made people miss. The other thing is he can he's a he's a good defender too. I, I think a lot of it is gonna be the, the selections are gonna come down to defense. It, you could have all the attack in the world, but you need to be able to play defense and you need to be consistent about it. So I think that and I haven't spoken to Mike about this, but I think that the selections are going to come down to the best defensive combination and how they can defend and how they can do their set pieces as well. And that's what it's going to come down to, basics. 
scrums, lineouts, restarts, defense, contact area, goal kicking. And those are going to be things that are that are critical. Then they're going to worry about home run hitters. Because if you're putting out a home run well, hitter who can't defend, now Falau can defend. There's a lot of there's a lot. They finally have a bench right. in the back line, which is good. The uh, we'll we'll finish this up because we're we're basically running out of time here. But speaking of home run hitters, you mentioned him, Pat Clifton. Uh, Pat Clifton not being the home run hitter. Pat Clifton mentioned Takun Gwenya not on this team. Um, I, I actually got called out uh, somewhere else on the internet saying that I had a personal issue with uh, Taku and Gwenya, which is why I, I mean, they're hilarious that it's saying that because I, because I think he played poorly and therefore it's a personal issue. I'll tell you, that I have no personal issue with Taku and Gwenya. He's a fine, upstanding individual and we get along great, but there's a, there's a problem when you have a guy who is, Kind of like Nguyenia or or Carlin Isles or something. We saw this with the World Club Sevens, where they put Carlin Isles on the team with the rest of the San Francisco players, and they basically started working to try and get Isles the ball all the time. You know, a smart rugby team figure, so they're passing it to this guy. Let's key on this guy. Let's make sure he's contained. And and of course, he didn't really do anything eventually. But there's an issue that the USA has not been scoring piles of tries with Taku and Gwenya on the field. Um, his strike rate is not exactly blowing everybody away. Uh, and maybe the issue is not necessarily the guy, but his presence on the team. That's first. Is it, does that make sense or is that dumb? I think it makes sense. I disagree with it. I think that if the team has a problem getting the, you know, winning with Taku and Gwenya, that's the team's problem, not Taku's problem. If the team or guys inside Taku are worrying too much about giving him the ball than they are about how to beat the defense, then you got to fix those three other guys instead of fixing Taku. Taku is, and I mean, you indicated that through your conversations that he was left based on performance. If he's left out based on performance, I have to disagree politely because the guy is a home run hitter. He is a dangerous player. He's won Heineken Cup games, you know, on his own practically with, with great plays on his own. I mean, he's a phenomenal player, and, and he can attack from all over the place, and you need more of those guys. And I'm sorry, no offense to Tim Moppin, he's not, he's not a, a good substitute for, for Z. And, and, and I would argue that Z's not but, been given but are, a chance. But are, are Blaine Scully and Luke Hume a legitimate uh, wing pairing in, instead of uh, Luke Hume and, and Gwenya? Sure, but why not have Nguyenia on the bench? <laughs> You know, why not have an extra guy that you can use different ways? Why we don't need just need two good wings. We, we could use three. That would be better than just two. So, uh, and obviously, you've, as you've hinted at, Blaine could be moved around all over the place. You know, we could put him at fullback to help strengthen up the midfield. So, yeah, obviously, if you have a good wing, you want him. And I would argue that the Eagles, you can't blame the lack of scoring from the Eagles on Taco and Guenya. You can blame it on a lack of continuity, a lack of being able to get the ball wide for anybody whether it's him or anybody else, with any space to work with. For a long time, we've had a 9-10 problem, and I don't think it's fixed. And the ball's not getting out with space. We're not giving him the space that he's used to seeing when he plays international rugby. That's nothing new, and it's not going to change just because you put somebody else in that in that jersey. I, I don't think that Taku's been playing particularly well, 
and I, I don't think that he's been defending particularly well or chasing kicks particularly well or doing things that, that people do. However, the U.S. also has not had a quality set piece in the scrum or line out. We have one line out ball, and it's seemingly like it's good, but when we really need to win line out ball at the five-yard line inside the 22s, a lot of not straights, a lot of, th- a lot of bad things are happening at critical spots. Yeah, we're great when they're not contesting, and that's awesome. But once they put us under a little bit of pressure, we're not that great. So, you know, the lineouts and scrums have been pretty dodgy at times, and our kicking game isn't good. In order to really free your wings up, you need to have a kicking game so they respect it, so you they have three or four players back, and then you have a little bit more room to work with. If they don't have to respect it, they keep everything cut up, and you can pretty much bottle up anybody when you have 11, 12 guys across the, the field. And that's the problem. So we need to so, we need to find a way through. I'm not saying, hey, look, I don't think Taku's playing well. I don't think I, you know, I disagree. With, I, I agree with Pat in part of it, but I disagree with him on the part that I, I don't think he's playing well. I don't think he's defending well. I don't think that he's chasing kicks. I don't think that he seems engaged. Well, isn't that the, isn't that the part where you coach him up? I mean... We're not well. Is, is, Mike Hogan's okay, not but, the general manager of the team. He just puts them together. Well, we got to coach these guys. And if he's uncoachable, well, he, then that's should, a separate. Yeah, yeah, no, but, I, but, I, but should, oh, that sorry. that's there's the story. Is is there a story there? And I, I believe there is the a backstory that he's not listening, that he's not doing what he's being asked to do. He clearly started making stuff up against Tonga quite clearly. So is that? Is that good? Is that somebody taking charge? Or is that somebody who's just thrown the game plan out the window? And I think that's part of the issue. The coach, the, yes, they got to coach him, right? But this is an experienced international player who's been playing. He's been playing internationally. This is his seventh season playing internationally and professionally. Shouldn't he know how to behave on the team? And if, he, and if, he, if he's not following the game plan, is there a, is there a message dropping, or 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 is the story completely unrelated to that, and it's just because Biarritz is such and and their uh, the the guy who runs it Serge Blanco is so difficult to deal with that they just don't bother begging for him to be available. I don't know the, that's not being said, but that's possible. I don't know the backstory of it. I mean, I certainly probably would agree with Pat that I would I would want him around unless. There is a back issue, which I don't know if there is or not. If, but if there was a back issue, yeah, cut cancer, cancer kills, and, and it only gets bigger. It never gets smaller. Um, but if that's not the case, he's definitely better than at least three of the people that have been selected, um, if not more. So, you know, I'd, I would uh, – but I don't know if there's been another issue to it. I'd have to – I think you both have valid points, and I don't know what the story is, but the fact is they, they've decided to go elsewhere, and I think that let's see let's, – you got to give them a chance. They've, they've made the decision, and I think that you got to give them a chance to see how it plays out. We'll give the guys who are playing a chance, but I think you'll see Taku and Gwenya back, and you'll see, you'll see him back maybe not for the World Cup qualifiers, uh, but maybe. That would be kind of fun if that happened. And that wraps it up here. We're, we're looking ahead to the USA play three matches in November. But remember, it all comes down to how they position themselves for the World Cup qualifiers against Uruguay in March. 
and we'll be checking back with these games uh, with obviously myself, Alex Scar from RugbyMag.com, Bruce McLean and Pat Clifton when we come back. So thanks for listening to Rugby Matrix America.